Hey everyone, you're listening to Verified, a podcast that centers conversations around equity, education, and inclusion. Today we have a very special guest, Craig. Do you mind just introducing yourself? Hey, yeah. Uh, my name is Craig uh, Pike, and I own Craig's Cookies. Amazing. So mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of Craig's Cookies. Oh, nice. Um, probably should dial back on how much of a fan. I'm kind of gaining a little bit of weight, but we'll... T- never, <laughs> never. Um, but... Recently, I read in an article, and it talks about real leaders can adapt easily to change. When we're researching you, we found that you easily adapted to new experiences and challenges, one being that you were actually not from Toronto and you moved here. Um, I just want to dive in a little bit about that experience. So what sparked your interest into venturing into a different career path while being here in the city? Um, I actually don't have a different career path. It's an additional career to the careers that I've had in the past as well. Um, So I'm from Newfoundland. I moved to Halifax when I was 20 and then Toronto when I was 22 to go to theater school. I went to George Brown. Can I say George Brown? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, okay, great. Um, And uh, so I went to school there for three years. Uh, I went to music school before I even uh, moved to Halifax. So I have half of a music degree. A full theater degree, then worked at the Shaw Festival in Niagara-on-the-Lake for mm-hmm. four seasons, um, and then worked as an actor in Toronto. Uh, in 2013, I had a month off of work, uh, acting work, uh, so I needed a job to just pay my like Rogers bill and that kind of thing, um, and uh, I didn't want to get a coffee shop job. And let somebody down after mm-hmm. three weeks. So I thought, hey, I make good cookies. Uh, so I will uh, make cookies and go on Facebook and see if anybody wanted to buy them. And so I went on Facebook and said, hey, uh, anybody want to buy a cookie? And somebody did. And that was seven years ago. And here we are. So I want to get into two things. So you're saying you never switched careers. Mm-hmm. You, so you're still acting. I'm still an actor, yeah. Uh, I'm starting my own theater company in about maybe six months. Amazing. By the end of the year. And I also conduct a choir in Toronto called That Choir. It's our 11th season this year. And uh, we've toured at Newfoundland. We're one of the top chamber choirs in Canada. Uh, so that keeps me pretty busy as well. So you're definitely an entrepreneur and now you're starting another business as well. What what sparks that interest to do that? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is a little addictive, I think. Um, that being said, if you're successful, I guess it's addictive. Mm-hmm. If, you, uh, if you decide to open a business and it doesn't go well, maybe that's not addictive to then open another business that may not go well. Um, but uh, I've been pretty lucky. My grandfather owned a corner store. My grandmother owned a senior citizen's home on both sides of my family. So there's an entrepreneurial spirit kind of mm-hmm. in the family. Um, yeah, but other than that, I think I'm just, I like leading people and I like uh, interaction with people. Uh, so that's the most exciting thing about owning a business for me. Uh, it's not so much the uh, the background or being in an office and mm-hmm. Pushing papers and stuff—it's—it's it's getting to uh, to meet people and to uh, interact with the community that the businesses are in. What was your biggest lesson or your favorite lesson when starting up any entrepreneurship startup? Um, I would say that uh, you have to believe in the product that you're you're selling, obviously. Um, and also believe in yourself and be really uh, clear and true with who you are as a human being. 
Um, because I believe that part of uh, branding a new product in any entrepreneurial activity is uh, it's a reflection of yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you are really confident, you know who you are, um, then the product is a reflection of that. So um, something that a friend of mine told me about two weeks ago, we were having uh, a few glasses of wine. And uh, she said, you know, it's really great that over the years the brand has stayed the same and it's very clear that it's you that's running it. Because mm-hmm. um, I do all the Instagram, I do all the website, everything myself. Uh, so that, I was pretty proud of that. And I think that's yeah something I would tell people. I do want to touch on, it's very evident that you're very successful and I think that's great. A lot of times people talk about um, or fail to talk about what happened along the way on how they got to being so successful. Was there any moments you kind of had doubts about continuing with Craig's Cookies or it wasn't as easy as it was in the beginning? You know what? I've never had any really steak, quote-unquote, not eating steak, but um, uh, S-T-A-K-E, is that how you spell that word? Yeah, Um, in the business because it's not my first passion. My passion is the arts, Hmm. so... From the first Facebook post when I said, anybody want to buy some cookies? If somebody said no, I wouldn't have gone and jumped off of a building. Mm. I would have been fine. It wouldn't have been a bad thing at all because I have no, uh, I had no real interest in starting a cookie company. Somebody bought cookies, so then I thought, well, now I have to make them. Then their friend said, can I buy some cookies? And I said, yeah, okay, I'll make some extra money. Now I have to make those cookies. Mm -hmm. So literally every step along the way, it's been doors that have been presented to me, and then I've just chosen to go through them. Um, So when I started the business, it was literally just me delivering cookies on my bike. For fun, somebody ordered cookies out by the airport, and this was before I had any kind of... um, knowledge of of boundaries uh so i biked <laughs> to the airport um to deliver cookies how long did that take uh it took two hours one way uh <laughs> but she gave me a sandwich and a bottle of water i love that so i had uh, a meal when i got there and then i biked back to parkdale um so that's what i did for the first three years and i'd bake out of my home in my little uh stove uh where it could bake 12 cookies at once every mm. 12 minutes. Um, I was doing little markets like the Parkdale Flea. Um, and in those situations, it started at 8 a.m. So I'd wake up at midnight or not even go to bed and bake for eight hours. Wow. Because I could only do one dozen at a time. Uh, and I did that for three or four years. And then William Sonoma uh, called. And uh, actually, to backtrack a little bit, um, En Route magazine. Do you remember that? It's like an Air Canada magazine. Okay, yeah. They were like, hey, can we put you on the cover of the uh, the magazine? I'm like, oh, sure. Okay. I was sitting at a choir concert. Amazing. And I got this email. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> so I ended up on the cover of En Route magazine, which changed the business a little bit. So that was one of the key points of, of how the business changed mm-hmm. and shifted and grew. Uh, and then out of that, the uh, head of food for William Sonoma called and said, can we... Uh, bring you in to do a pop-up. And I was like, sure, okay, that's great. And I woke up at midnight and I baked cookies for eight hours and I traveled up to Yorkdale Mall um, and I sold out in an hour. Wow. Which was exciting. Williams Sonoma really dug it too because it was bringing people into the store. So they said, do you want to come back next month? And me being a little savvy, 
thought, well, can I use your ovens that you have? Because I don't know if you've ever been to Williams-Sonoma, but they have ovens and a little kitchen set up in the middle hmm. of the store. Okay. Uh, so then I wouldn't have to wake up at midnight. <laughs> I can just show up with ingredients and bake cookies there. And they were like, that's a good idea. Were you still doing this alone at this point? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Just me. Um, so this was like 2016, I think. And uh, so I showed up and I made my cookies and then it smelled really good, mm. which uh, was a byproduct that I didn't think of. So lots of people were coming in from outside of the mall. Because and the then, smell, yeah. it smelled so great. And then William Sonoma was like, oh my gosh, this is bringing lots of people <laughs> into our store. Do you want to do a six-month pop-up? And at this point, I'm like, oh, wow, okay. And then I kind of thought about it. And, you know, I grew up in St. John's, Newfoundland, and not with a lot of money. We were pretty poor. And uh, um, I thought this might be a great opportunity to maybe buy a house someday. Yeah. You know, <laughs> have some savings of some sort. Because, you know, uh, working in theater or being a choir conductor is amazing. But it's not exactly financially uh Stable, mm-hmm. uh, shall we say. Um, so I took them up on it and I went and I opened a pop up shop for six months at Williams Sonoma. And at that point, I said yes to a $10,000 order from, wow. from uh, AOL when AOL was still a thing. Mm-hmm. I think they were just shifting to a different company. And it was still me on my own. I was rehearsing a play for a festival called Next Stage with Toronto Fringe. How do you have the time? Well, this is the thing. So I was at Williams-Sonoma. I hired uh, a friend of mine to kind of help me out up there. Uh, I was producing a concert, our Christmas concert for my choir, and uh, had this $10,000 order. And mm-hmm. I was still baking out of a little Breville toaster oven, um, which could bake like six cookies every eight minutes, which is, you know, not a lot of cookies. No. Uh and ten thousand dollars worth of cookies is like three thousand cookies. So I had to rent a space. So what my end my day ended up being was eight a.m. to five p.m. at Williams Sonoma, six p.m. to like ten p.m. rehearsing this play, and then eleven p.m. to seven a.m. Wow. baking at this uh, space that I rented. And I did that for five days, and I literally, I'm not even joking, slept six hours <laughs> in five days. I don't know how I did it. The body is resilient. Yeah, lots of coffee, but then I took a little bit of a like a nervous breakdown. Um, right after it, my brother said something to me. You know, we all we have family problems, but he said something just so banal and silly. But for some reason, it hit me, and I just started crying in the mm-hmm. middle of Williams Sonoma. And I had to go sit in the middle of Yorkdale Mall and sit there, like looking at the ground and thinking I'm like in Blue Jasmine. Um, Cape <laughs> Blanchett's so good in that movie. Uh, and then I was like, Is this worth it? Like, I'm making money to pay my rent mm-hmm. and you know maybe go on a little vacation, but is this worth it? The amount of uh, the, the toll it has of, on yeah, the body. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. being a like a, a self-produced entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So I thought it's not. Um, so I thought when this Williams Sonoma thing is done, I'm just gonna close up the business. Mm-hmm. And then somebody posted on Instagram that there was a space available in Parkdale. It was 300 square feet. And I always said to myself, if I was gonna open a brick and mortar, it would be 300 square feet. Super small. Come and get your cookie. Get out. Mm. No space to like hang out. No computers. No internet. That whole thing. So I was like, I'll go look at it. And the landlord just said I needed to give him uh, first and last, which was great because, you know, when you're an entrepreneur starting off, you also don't have a lot of capital. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was awesome. Uh, He wouldn't do a credit check on me, which was great. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so then I kind of thought about it and took counsel from friends and I dived in and... 
I thought to myself, as long as it's me and one other person working there, I can do this for two years. Mm. I'll make enough money to pay my rent. Um, so that was April 2018. And there was two of us working. Uh, and it was maybe like a $40,000 company at that time. And two, not even two years later, there's 40 staff. And wow. we sold over a million dollars worth of cookies last year. So That's incredible. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like... I'm kind of happy I did it. Yeah. Um, and all of that work has paid off. But to answer your question, that was a very long-winded answer. Um, but I am from Newfoundland, uh, and we talk a lot. Um, <laughs> is that, yeah, I think there comes a point when you really have to question uh, the worth of the energy that you're putting in mm-hmm. versus the return you're getting back. So how do you, I know we we talked about that journey, and I think that's something beautiful. You hear all the time being like, know your worth, know your worth. When like was that the moment when you're like okay it's paying off because that's two years later when you're like oh this was all worth it when did you know you should keep going and pushing for this again it happened from the outside in mm-hmm. uh, so I opened the the shop in Parkdale uh, in April 2018 and uh, three weeks in Blogtio messaged me and said can we come and do a video hmm. uh, and I said yeah okay that'd be fun great so they came there's I think there's photos on Blogtio still of when they came in and there's nothing on our walls I had like literally two employees <laughs> um, they posted the video and our sales overnight went from 300 a day to over a thousand a day and we've never gone under a thousand a day mm-hmm. because of the Blogtio video it's gotten something like 1.4 million views wow it's one of the most watched Blogtio videos out there for some reason wow maybe it's because there's a Mars bar that they open up and a caramel azui <laughs> and I have no idea it's just kind of one of those things too where you're at the right place at the right time, and if mm-hmm. you have integrity, and uh, at the end of the day, you can sleep at night and be a good person and kind um, along the way, then uh, I don't know. I think good things can come back to you. I love that. It also goes to show that everyone's so worried, like on social media right now, when they're starting businesses, make it aesthetically pleasing. Like you're saying, you had like nothing on the walls, and it was all about the quality. So I think that speaks for itself too. Well, I really wanted, like, as far as what's on our walls now in Parkdale, I really wanted to make sure that every piece of art that was mm-hmm. on the wall was curated by me or the aesthetic of the business. So I wasn't interested in just going to IKEA mm-hmm. or and like respect for IKEA and other companies, but every piece of art has a story. So it's either made by um, some one of our customers, something that I've chosen that has that's a relationship with my family or Newfoundland or mm. uh, my uh, my time in Toronto. Uh, and same thing with the Church, Church Street location. Every piece of art um, is emotionally connected to myself. Hmm. So would you say that your art impacts your entrepreneurship? Um, 100%. I, okay. think, I, think, I think everything you do in life uh, is a celebration of what can happen next. Wow. Because, you know, when I was uh, a teenager... Um, I used to be Catholic and used to go to leadership Catholic conferences in Nova Scotia Mm -hmm. uh, where you just learned how to talk to people and look them in the eye and be empathetic Mm -hmm. and hear the story. Um, And then that led into my first job of uh, cooking at a restaurant where I learned how to cook and be by myself cooking and multitasking. Which then led to working at like American Eagle Outfitters, which was the worst job I think I ever had. <laughs> but I knew how to. I learned how to stand up for myself mm-hmm. as an employee in that job. Um, which led to then going to theater school. Which then learned. I learned about how to be on my voice, how to um, respect the energies around me, because in acting, that's all it is: is relationship between two people mm-hmm. on stage. 
and listening. So everything along the way has led me to this point. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's really sorry. I'm like still like focused on the creation part. Wow, that's really beautiful. Um, I too believe in that. Some you don't really know your your final destination, right? It's all about the path that you take. And I like in the beginning um, when we first started talking, you talked about you always like go through the door and you take every opportunity. I think that's even important because even if you have a shitty American Eagle experience, that's still teaching you for something you don't know yet. Um, I love American Eagle jeans. (laughs) I used to wear them a lot. It was just this one particular person that, you know, I don't even remember her name. Retail's hard. Retail is hard, but you know, it's a job and it pays the bills. Mm -hmm. Jobs that pay bills. Um, Okay, so I do want to talk about, real quick, you did talk about pop-ups. We actually found you at a Nordstrom Mm pop-up, and that was phenomenal. Um, So that, when I talk about being adaptable, it's interesting. I didn't know that that actually kind of started your business career. Um, So what sparked going, like, continuing to do pop-up shops? Um, People asking my interest, my availability, mm-hmm. to be honest. Uh, Nordstrom called uh, a year ago, a year and two months ago, and said, hey, can you come and do a month pop-up at the Eaton Center? Uh, the manager of uh, Brandon at the Nordstrom at the Eaton Center uh, lives in High Park. Mm-hmm. So he comes to the cookie shop all the time in Glory Hole Donuts, which is this awesome donut shop uh, down in Parkdale. And uh, he was like, I love your stuff. Can you come in and do this pop-up? Um and it was a really great opportunity, and it was kind of like a win-win because it was great um, exposure for us, uh, but also it was great for Nordstrom, I think, as well, to have a uh, local Parkdale business mm-hmm. in the middle of this huge conglomerate. Um, yeah, so I said we said yes, and we were there for 30 days, which then created a really great relationship. So then we were at Yorkdale Mall as well, almost all of last year, every weekend. Um and then at Christmas, we were there every day, uh, as well as Eaton Center. And then the relationship is going to continue into 2020 and hopefully Yay. beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we love our Nordstrom cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, so you talked in the beginning, too, about how you handle social media yourself. That is something I had no idea, and I admire you for that because you have a lot of followers, too. Um, so I do just want to go in to that conversation of social media. How are you able to use the power of social media to your advantage? Um, you know, when I first started the business in 2013, in that month that I had off, um, somebody had bought cookies and then I thought, okay, well, what does one do when one starts a business? And for at that point, it was pretty much just a bake sale. So I was just like, I'm going to have fun and make a, make a treehouse <laughs> and then start a business. And I need a name, Craig's Cookies. Well, that works. Mm-hmm. Luckily, my name is Craig and the alliteration is perfect. I then looked up businesses that I respected and each business kind of had a little tagline. So I thought I'd add a yum to mm-hmm. Craig's Cookies, uh, which then kind of lets the... Uh, the eater, quote unquote, know that it's going to be yummy before they even try it. Um, so I had that. And then I thought, okay, well, how do I get the word out? Facebook is fine. And then this thing called Instagram was around, but relatively new for mm-hmm. businesses. Nobody was really using it as a business tool. Definitely no bakers were using it as a business tool. Um, so I opened an Instagram account for my business. And was going around and delivering cookies on my paper bag. I don't know if you've seen like the early photos on Instagram, but uh, they used to be in little brown paper bags. Okay. Uh, like you get, like your mom would give or your dad would <laughs> give or whoever raised you uh, would give lunch in a paper bag. Um, so I show up and be like, hey, here's your cookies. And then I get a photo of you, let's say, with mm-hmm. the cookies and me, tag you in the photo. And then 
they would then share it as well with their friends. And then their friends would be like, oh, I want to get cookies and get mm-hmm. a photo with this guy. Um, That's a very smart Because also selfies weren't really a huge thing back then either. And believe it or not, only seven years ago. Um, so yeah, it was kind of just luck, I think, mm. that I started the social media stuff before it was a thing. Where did you get this business mentality from? Like, I know you talked about like your heritage a little bit, but in arts, um, like where where did you gather this knowledge to foster? Like, okay, that's that's a very smart business move to do this. Um, I think it's a blend of necessity. So I needed to eat and pay my Rogers bill. Mm-hmm. So I had to do these steps to be able to do that. Um, I think also good taste, which, you know, you're just born with. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, sometimes I joke, I'm like, I'm gay, so I have great taste. But I know a lot of gay people that don't have good taste. So uh, <laughs> so that's a, that's a myth. Um, but I do have, I think, a pretty good eye for for uh, for cookies, at least. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff, most things that I'm not good at. But for some reason, cookies and how that is branded, I was born with... You've you know, been blessed. Little, I've been blessed <laughs> by the cookie gods. Um, so we know. Some would say definitely not, though. But <laughs> I think I'll say. <laughs> um, what is the impact of keeping up with what's relevant, especially while trying to maintain that sense of place um, you long to create of having your customers feel as though they're leaving a family's kitchen? One hundred percent. I think it's just staying true to myself and what family means to me. And I think family, the idea of family is not something that changes with brand. It's something mm-hmm. that is a feeling that people have felt for millions of years, hundreds and thousands of years. Um, we all want to feel welcome, which is universal, I think. Uh, we all want to feel like we are being treated with respect and dignity. And uh, when we have money, that we're getting our money's worth when mm-hmm. we spend it. So that's kind of the goal. As far as like keeping up with anything, I don't really see it that way. I see it as just like integrity. I love that. Mm-hmm. So would you say that family is a representation of integrity? What does family mean to you? Family for me means a community of like-minded people mm-hmm. that disagree but still love each other. Uh, that can respect each other, that uh, can be unconditional, I guess. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be blood. Um, but yeah, I think that would be it. Hmm. So <laughs> just to go into your family and your legacy, um, I know that this was created because of recipes that were passed down to you. Um, so are there any memories or legacies carried forward that... Um, many may not be aware of that you would like to share today. Uh, how do you mean? Like with the creation of um, Craig's Cookies. Uh, so Craig's Cookies, it's uh, the main recipe is my mom's recipe for the chocolate chip cookie. Okay. I've tweaked it a little bit. Um, and then that's it. So then what I've done is gone crazy and put stuff inside of them. So mm-hmm. there's like a hundred different cookies, like Rice Krispie Squares, Cheesecake in a Cookie, Bloody Blue to Blue. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much the only thing that's really been passed down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, um, do you have a flavor um, that is your absolute favorite? Oh, yeah. So, I used to say shortbread was my favorite. It's a piece of shortbread in a chocolate chip cookie. 
but now I am really digging. There's a salted caramel macadamia nut mm. uh, inside a chocolate chip cookie, which is delish. Okay. Uh, there's a white chocolate gingerbread. That's really yummy. And then when I did the other day, I was I was ordering a bunch of stuff from uh, the grocery store, and the Hershey's has a bunch of different chocolate chips. So I'm like, oh, what if we have like a butterscotch cookie? Mm. And let me tell you, do you remember the butterscotch puddings? Mm-hmm, those yeah, are my favorite. They like smell really, really good. Uh, that's what these chocolate chips, these butterscotch chips, taste mm. like um, or smell like. So we have like semi sweet now and milk chocolate and butterscotch and salted caramel and then the semi sweet. Just I love regular. that. Yeah, I got bullied the other day for liking uh, butterscotch. Um, you got bullied for yeah. They were like, "Who likes butterscotch pudding out of all of them?" And I was like, "That's my favorite one." Did you lovingly tell them to fuck off? <laughs> Can a I little say bit. That? You can't <laughs> okay, say that. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go back and bring them one of your cookies and say, "Try this before Try you disagree." This, exactly. Um, hit them with some kindness. <laughs> Were there any combinations that you made and took a bite, and you're like, mm, "That's not it." The only one is uh, a lemon tart inside a chocolate chip cookie. It okay. tasted like Lysol wipes. Mm, okay. Yeah. See how that would Yeah, sell. it probably would have been tastier <laughs> if I just literally put a Lysol wipe in a cookie. Um, okay, I do want to do a little activity with you now. Oh, okay. We have some of your cookies. Oh, wow. Um, we just want to know if you, like, if you tried these flavors, if you would be able to guess, guess which ones they are. Great. So I need to be, I need to be uh, uh, disgusting and spit it out after because okay. I'm, I have acid reflux and I can't eat gluten. Okay. Right now. Okay. And sadly, there's gluten. Um, so, am I closing my eyes? I, I think you have to close your eyes. Okay, great. Um, we just need a spit, a spit, okay. something or another, garbage, garbage can or something. Here's one. Where's the garbage can? There's a tissue. This is a tissue. Great. <laughs> Super. My eyes are closed. And then I'm going to push it in front of you. So it's right here on the plate. I always love seeing these activities on TV, and I've never been part <laughs> of one. So, this is exciting. Okay, I think it's Mars. I haven't even tasted it yet. Oh. But I can tell by the feel, I think. Am I tasting it now? Yeah. Is there a countdown or anything? No, no. no. Okay. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's Mars. No. No, fuck. This is a Reese's Pieces one. This is peanut butter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Great. <laughs> and then I have another one right here. I have to here. self-infuse more peanut butter flavor in my cookie. <laughs> um, okay. Napkin. Okay. There's one more. Uh, that was peanut butter? It's. Are you lying? It's, it's the little Reese's ones. Oh, okay. So it's not a peanut butter cup. No, no, no. Reese's Pieces. Got it's, it. Yeah. I was worried for a second. Oh, you cut this one in half? Yeah. <laughs> I think this is peanut butter cup. Is it? No. Rice crispy? Mm, no. Wonder bar. No, crispy crunch. It's crispy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. And this one is the last one we're going to do with you. Uh, really? Did you get six though? Um, we got... we. We got multiple, and then some of our production team ate them. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> they were very delicious. Hmm. Interesting technique. It's an obnoxious sound. I apologize. <laughs> Chewing. 
What is that thing where people like to listen to like ASMR? Yeah, it's like ASMR I love too. that, but I like it with sight. <laughs> I have no, I have no idea. Which one is this? What is oh. it? If I open my eyes, I can tell you. Okay. It's Toblerone. Toblerone. That's a hard one. Mm-hmm. That is. That was a hard. trick question. <laughs> okay, there is one more. Oh, there is one more. I'll okay. put it in your hand. Ready? Okay, this is thick. It's probably like a brownie, maybe, or a banana bread, potentially. More chewy. Mmm. Is this sour cherry blaster? No. It's a candy. It is a uh, candy. Swedish berry? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It tastes like it. No, it's it, not. Though. It's you commonly say that it's confused. Sour Patch Kids. Yes. Yeah. I love that you stuck to the like a brown paper bag theme, but it's just a box format. Yeah, yeah. When I was at Williams Sonoma, uh, I mean, different strokes for different folks, but mm-hmm. a lot of the clientele up there wanted. You know, beautiful little boxes mm-hmm. tied up with ribbon, and I'm like, you know what? It's a, it's a cookie. Yeah, it's you're a gonna eat chip it. Cookie. That's you know, it's not a piece of, it's not a cupcake. Yeah, uh, it's not your idea. It's my idea. So I stuck with just brown paper boxes tied up with string. I love that you have a, a heart with the rainbow. Yeah, we threw that in last year for pride for fun, uh, and then we just kind of kept it around. I love that. Mm-hmm. I also love that um, when researching too, we found that you're a big, com- like, you're always speaking about community. Um, so what does community look like to you and how do you feel that you contribute to or build a community? It's interesting. Opening up on Church Street, the um, social dynamic, I guess, and economic dynamic is very mm-hmm. different than Parkdale in a way that I didn't expect. Um Parkdale is uh, known, you know, I lived in Parkdale. I love Parkdale. It's known to be a bit shady, maybe, mm-hmm. um, which is what I think a lot of Parkdaleans celebrate and they're proud of. Uh, I know that that's part of what I, why I loved living in Parkdale is because it was very honest mm-hmm. um, and so diverse. Uh, uh, so moving to Church Street... And I live. I didn't live on Church Street. I worked on Church Street um, at Byzantium for a bunch of years, so I knew the village a little bit as far as when I worked there. But it's a very different neighborhood than Parkdale, and it's changed a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. And um, I think one of the challenges of owning a business is um, how to respect every member of the community that's just not queer. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of poverty on Church Street right now. There's a lot of drugs on Church Street right mm-hmm. now. Um, so finding ways to uh, not ignore that, um, to uh, be a responsible business owner in Church Street, to be able to uh, find ways that everyone feels welcome, while also providing a safe place for my staff. Mm-hmm. Um, we're bakers and we're not social workers. Um, so that's, yeah, that's been a challenge on Church Street for sure. How do you, that's an interesting question that our team talked about too, is when people come into our space and 
um, might not always be contributing that positive energy. How do you train your staff for that? Because like you're saying, no one, when you are going into like a restaurant industry or you're baking, you're not really thinking that you're going to have to deal with these problems. So what do you tell your staff? I let them know that their safety is priority 100% uh, at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we've taken precautions on Church Street to make sure that that's, that's alive and well. Um, but I also let them know that uh, everyone is still welcome. Um, as far as getting to know people's names, where they're from, mm-hmm. what brought them to the shop, uh, and in that way is 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 our way and a small step, but I think an important step to making everyone feel like they're part of a community. Mm-hmm. So if you are interested in vandalism or stealing like our tips or whatnot, if we get to know you and you feel welcome and part of the community, you might you might be less inclined to try to harm it. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have bad days. We all have bad months. It is none of my business why people choose to live the way that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know any for everybody's stories. Um, but what I can do and what I can uh, foster my staff is is empathy and kindness and sympathy. Mm, I love that. That's really beautiful. Um just move towards, sorry, that's really heartwarming, but to move towards a positive spin on it. But I do think when you work in Toronto, I'm from London, Ontario, and um, I can say that those weren't things I had to think about when I was working at Tim Hortons for my first job. So um, the environments really do shift on where you're you're working and um the sympathetic component, I think, needs to be talked about more. Um, and it's left out of conversations. But when you're an employee, like you're not thinking about that. But it's interesting that you're saying if they're feeling welcome, they're not going to steal from you. Um, hopefully. So, yeah, you know, hopefully, yeah. Um, <laughs> the but, goal. you know, if, if lines are crossed, then, you know, police have to get involved. And But it's, it's, it's a day-by-day thing, and I think just just staying positive mm-hmm. and staying as a business owner, but also in, in implementing that in my staff and inspiring that in my staff, uh, positivity and understanding because um, it's not everybody's the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think we both know that sitting across the table from each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so our podcast is called Verified. And it sparked from the understanding of uh, the generation we're living in right now. And a lot of people seeking validation from like online, like the likes and the retweets. So we ask every guest who comes on our um, podcast to redefine the meaning of verified. To redefine the meaning of verified. So in your own words, through your own lens, um, what would you give the word verified? What meaning would you create behind it? Verified. I don't know. Can I look up verified on Webster? On, on, 100%. Yeah, I'm curious what the actual definition is. I'm just Googling it right now. Verify. Duh. Yeah, let's do the, let's do the past tense. Uh, past tense verified past participle. Uh, I'd have to look up participle, but I'm not going to. Make sure or demonstrate that something in brackets, is true, accurate, or justified. Mm-hmm. Make sure. So what's my what's my definition of verified? Mm-hmm. It's a tricky one. Uh, truth and, okay, uh, I think it would be 
kind of going back to branding is that like this is what this is what I have to offer. This is my truth. Um, and throw in the good taste of hopefully other people might share some of that truth. Um, and then, you know, uh, leave it up to everyone else to figure out what if the truths align. Mm. I mean, all I can do is offer what I what I know and what I have. Um, I think that social media is scary in the sense that it's it's uh, sometimes an unrealistic verification of truth, um, and then my my fear is that. Uh, people then don't know how to verify truth in real life mm -hmm. because it feels different on social media. That's really good. If you could give advice to your younger self um, about just like going through the arts, creating your own career, um, helping others have a career, what would you? What type of advice would you give? Um. What advice would I give to young Craig? I would say, like, just be gay, and that'd be fine. And, you know, everybody will still love you, and if they don't, then they can fuck off. and uh, <laughs> Or you can teach them how to love in a different way. Um, but then again, like, going back to what I was saying earlier... Uh, Everything in life prepares you for this moment. So mm -hmm. the fact that I wasn't out in high school, that I was bullied in high school and junior high, um, has made me who I am now, which is uh, potentially more empathetic than I may have been, sympathetic than I may have been, understanding. Um, I may have been less witty. Not that I'm witty, but I think I, I'm a bit wittier than other people that I know. Uh yeah, maybe that. Hmm. Would you give that same advice to another guy that's being bullied right now? Another guy that's yeah. I mean, not to sound trite, is that the right use of the word? Uh, but like the "it gets better" mm -hmm. adage um, is true, mm -hmm. depending on where you live. Uh, you know, uh, we're lucky we live in Toronto, yeah. where it's pretty liberal, so. Uh, but not everywhere in Canada is like that. Not everywhere in Toronto like is like that. But uh, it gets better. I think it's you know I was watching RuPaul last night and she was talking about tribes and you know as uh, as long as you can find your tribe where you feel respected and community, mm -hmm. it's a different way of saying tribe. Um, then yeah, that's the advice I would I would give is just like find what you love mm -hmm. to do and. Try to find a way to do that because then you'll meet like-minded people, and mm -hmm. then everything will uh, everything will work out hopefully. So, was it in Toronto that you found your tribe? Um, no, I had a great tribe in Newfoundland. Um, you know, they didn't know I was gay, but they were still a great tribe. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, in music, there's like a great community. So, you know, I was in bands and choirs and stuff, and. Uh, but in Toronto, for sure, like a theater tribe, and then a lot of really close friends, for sure, live in Toronto. Okay, so we have a special gift for you oh my. for being on our show oh, wow. and going through that test. So we have these bags created. They're little tote bags. Okay. I used to call them tote bags, and I got corrected quickly. And the, the, are they tote? 
Tote. T O T E, right? T O T. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then inside is a t shirt. Oh. Um, oh, thank you. And it's a long sleeve t shirt. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> I was just wearing a sweater the other day that was very itchy on my arms. Oh, no. These and are I great. I thought I needed a long sleeve t shirt to wear under the sweater. Oh, thank you so much. No problem. Um, before we wrap up, do you have any um, things you want to shout out? What's your Instagram? Uh, yeah. I mean, Craig's Cookies on Instagram. Uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, we make cookies. Uh, my choir is called That Choir. Uh, thatchoir.com. We're on Instagram as well. Okay. Uh, and uh, I have a dog named Jonathan. He has an Instagram <laughs> account. His name is Jonathan George Hennessy III. And I own a Newfoundland store as well. So uh, that's on Instagram. And it's just called Newfoundland Store. I love that. And mm-hmm. you have two stores in Toronto. Three stories in Toronto. Two cookie shops and then the Newfoundland store okay. in Toronto. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much well, for being on for our show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And thank you for everyone for tuning in and listening today. Have an amazing day, everyone. 